As I mentioned earlier, this is a very special Sunday. Not only is it the Lord's Day, today we celebrate what? Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here represented this morning. Now when we say mothers, we mean those who have physically given birth and also those spiritual mothers who were able to introduce people to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are one of these, would you please stand? Stand to your feet. We have something very special for you. Can we have all the kids and the young people come and offer our token of appreciation to all the mothers here? Tulungan mo na lang doon. Okay? Uh, medyo may delay. Can the young people help distribute to the mothers? Mothers, please remain standing. All the men, the men, because today is uh, servant day. The men and the boys are going to serve. Please remain standing. Please remain standing as we will also pray for you. June? June, hindi binebenta yan, June. Para kang scalper. <laughs> Mothers, please remain standing. Mothers, please remain standing. There. That, you know, your Sunday school children, they have prepared their own personal greeting cards. So please remain standing. Please remain standing as we distribute. And of course, because you are very important to all of us, for without you, you cannot give birth to us. Yes? Amen ba? So we are going to pray for all the mothers and the households here represented. Shall we all unite our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the mothers here represented, Lord God. Thank you for using them as instruments to bring life into this earth. Not only physical life, Lord, but to those mothers who were able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and birth new born-again believers. Those who through them have come to faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. God Almighty, I pray that you bless these mothers with good health. I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you will continue to empower them to take good care of the families that you have entrusted to them, that they will continue to nurture their families, both physically and spiritually, Lord, that through them, many more, will not only grow in their knowledge and love of Jesus Christ, 
but you will give many of them the continued opportunity to introduce people around them to a saving knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. Bless them, Lord God, not only with what they want, but bless them even with the desires of their heart, even as they delight in you, our Lord, our God, and our King. Be pleased, Lord God, to bless them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Praise God for our mothers. You know, as, uh, as I was preparing uh, to come here uh, this morning, you know, I usually come here early, set it up, go back home, shower and change. When I was showering, I just remembered my mom. And what I remember about my mom specifically is that I had the honor and privilege before she died to introduce her to Jesus Christ. And I thought to myself, what a privilege indeed. Because for many, many decades, you know, like many of us, she was very much involved in religion. But as God would orchestrate, she suffered a stroke. She was paralyzed on one side of her body, but she was very ambulant. She would move around. So one day, as I came from CCF, I went home. Lawrence, our eldest son, and I, we had lunch, and we were the only ones there because the rest of the family had gone home. And then she asked me to pray for her. And I told her, number one, if you will allow me to finish my lunch, I will pray for you. But even before I pray for you, I want to share something with you. And despite her many decades of, you know, being so religious, she was humble enough to recognize her need for the Lord Jesus Christ. And she came to faith in Jesus Christ. In 2007, uh, she suffered a stroke. And she was in a coma for three years and nine months until the Lord kindly and graciously took her to be with him in heaven in 2011. We were already here, so we had to fly back. So my encouragement to all of you young people is to value the people around us, our mothers, our fathers, parents, our children. Because you never know. You never know when it will be their last day. How valuable are mothers? Let me show you some data. This is from Forbes magazine. There was an article in May of 2011. According to the survey, the typical stay-at-home mom works almost 95 hours a week, 97 hours a week, spending 13.2 hours as daycare teacher, 3.9 hours as household CEO, 7.6 hours as psychologist, 14.1 hours as chef, 15.4 hours as housekeeper, 6.6 hours doing laundry, 9.5 hours as PC or Mac operator, 10.7 hours as facilities manager, 7.8 hours as janitor, and 7.8 hours driving the family car. 
Mothers, do you agree? Pat yourselves in the back like this. Now, those of you, husbands, children, the article is not finished. If you were to quantify this, all of this that our mothers do, it is valued at $115,000 a year. I cannot afford to pay my wife $115,000 a year. I do not make close to $115,000 a year. So husbands, fathers, you are not only blessed with a good and loving wife and mother, you are saving a lot of money. <laughs> so you should be thankful. Amen? Because the cure for entitlitis is be grateful. Did you thank your wife, your mother this morning? Oh, you see? All you can say is ha ha. If you add another ha, ha 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 ha. This morning, I want to share with you the importance of mothers. And I'm going to begin by showing for all of us some passages of Scripture given to us by the wisest man who ever lived. This man is King Solomon. King Solomon is famous for the time in the Bible when there were two mothers who gave birth, one mother gave birth, stillborn. The other mother gave birth to a live baby. And the other one was claiming the live baby was hers. And the other one was also claiming that that baby was really hers. So they brought the matter up to King Solomon. And King Solomon decided, in front of the two mothers, said, give me a sword. Let's just cut the baby in half and give half to you and half to you. And then one of the mothers said, don't. Just give the baby to her. And King Solomon said, give the baby to her. Because this is the real mother. Because the real mother would sacrifice her own wants, needs, and desires just so the baby will survive. That's where we get the term Solomonic wisdom. So let us look at some verses from the wisest man that ever lived. And before we do that, let us commit this time to the author and perfecter of our faith, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can study your word, that we can worship you with freedom, that we can glorify and honor your name. Father, I pray as you have inhabited the praise of your people this morning, that you will habit, inhabit the preaching of your word. Speak to all of us, I pray, and do with it what you want to do, that we may gain understanding and wisdom, and above all, have feet that are willing to obey. This is our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Let's all read this. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. King Solomon says, Sons, children, what? Do not forsake. Hear your father's what? Instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Don't they sound the same? Instruction, teaching. You see, you're beginning to think. You see, husbands, fathers, usually very objective. Oh, this is the rule. This is how it is applied. Instruction. Mothers. Teaching. Alika, anak, let me show you. You get the difference? Men are very objective. Mothers are very nurturing. More relational than men. Hear my son, your father's instruction, but do not forsake your mother's teaching. And if we do that, what does verse 9 say? For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. When children obey the instruction of their father and forsake not the teaching of their mother, they are adorned. These are like ornaments. And it emanates with an aroma that, wow, here is a godly son. And here is a godly daughter who does not forsake his mother's teaching. Proverbs 15. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man, what? Despises his mother. Children, have you ever done that? Brush away the teaching of your mother? You despise their teaching? Because you think that you know more? This is your life. You are free to do with it what you wish. Do not despise your mother's teaching. If you do that, what are you, according to the Bible? A fool. Proverbs 19. He who does violence to, this ma to his father... And chases away his mother is a son who brings shame and reproach. You want to bring shame and reproach upon yourself and upon your family? Fight with your father and chase your mother away. Chase your mother away. You are what? According to the Bible, you bring shame and reproach. Proverbs 23, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise, again, despise your mother when she is what? Old. As a matter of fact, we are to take care of our father and mother, especially when they are older and maybe even retired. Do not despise your mother when she is old. In the same chapter, in verse 25, let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. 
Of course, I am not a mother. I have not experienced childbirth. But even from what I, the little that I know, from talking with mothers, seeing some of them on TV, of course, you don't know if it's a really a childbirth. They are in so much pain. But the moment that child is brought into the earth, and they hear the first cry, like all the pain dissipates. And all that pain is replaced with joy. And then they see their child grow up to be independent. And then later on, disregarding their counsel, despising them even. But the counsel of us by the wisest man, let her who bore you rejoice. We need to value our mothers. Proverbs 29, the rod of reproof. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself brings what? Shame to his mother. Who usually brings the reproof and the discipline? Usually. The father, right? But then, look at what it says. A child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Parents, you and I should be proactive, interactive with our family members. As we teach them both by instruction and by modeling. So that when they grow up, they will walk in wisdom. Now, not only does the book of Proverbs talk about a godly mother, it also talks about what we have come to know as the Proverbs 31 woman, correct? But, you know, the Proverbs 31 passages also talk about a mother. Let me share with you. Proverbs 31, she opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Fathers, when we discipline, what? Very thirst. <laughs> right? Mothers, when they teach, they teach with kindness. Anak, liga. Why did you do that? What were you thinking? Husbands, why did you do that? What are you thinking? It's the same. But the delivery is different because the woman speaks more kindly. She looks well to the ways of her household. Yeah. The mother from Orange County. What is Orange County? O.C. Oh, diba? Oh, mothers, yes or no? Oh. Sometimes you're still in the bed. They want to already fix the bed cover. <laughs> because the Bible says, she looks well to the ways of her household. Huh? And then gluten-free pa. Does not eat bread. Ah, no, no, no. Does not eat bread of idleness. So I always busy, right? When you're walking, she's behind you with the broom. <laughs> always busy. Philippines, in the U.S., may vacuum. She does not, she does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. So both the children and the husband calls the mother, what? Blessed. Are, import, are mothers important? This morning, we have somebody here who wants to praise God in front of the congregation as we were challenged by Pastor Peter last week. So can I call our brother Ephraim to come up and share something? So good morning, everyone. My name is uh, John Ephraim uh, Lucero, the son of uh, Pedro and Jenny Lucero. So um, can I have my mom stand up so they know who you are? Come on, mom, don't shout. Except that's my mom right there. Unfortunately, my dad got sick last night, so he couldn't come here. Okay, you can sit down. <laughs> Um, growing up, uh, our parents taught us uh, who God was and how to walk as Christians. We were taught how to pray, how to love each other, and how to be a family that God wants us to be. They were both our role models, and I'm so blessed to have them in my life. Today's Mother's Day, so I would like to share how my mom's life encourages me towards Christ's likeness. There are three things that I love about my mom. Her sacrificial love, her heart of service, and her dedication to our family. These attributes of her encourage, refine, and help me persevere in my Christian walk. First of all, a life, of, a life full of sacrifice is not an easy thing to do. It requires a lot of humility and inner energy. This was the first thing that I learned from my mom's life. As a nurse, she works extra shifts at her job in order to provide, provide financial income for our family. She often comes home late, tired and exhausted. Despite her physical weariness, she still makes time to accommodate to the things that need to be done at home. Uh, even though my siblings and I procrastinate to buy things at the last minute, she goes to Walmart <laughs> to buy our school supplies, notebooks, pencils, pen, that are due the following day. <laughs> Secondly, my mom has a heart of service. This trait comes naturally to her. She serves our family, friends, and church community with love. As I observe my mom day by day, I notice that she does things that need to be done without being told. When someone is in need of help, she listens and offers a shoulder to cry on. My mom also makes people welcome by being friendly, warm, and affectionate. Moreover, she is very gentle with her words and slow to anger. Love always pours out of my mom like a fragrance. What amazes me the most is that she is consistent with her deeds and continues to practice it daily. Dedication was the third trait that I learned from my mom. Her dedication to serve and sacrifice for her family is constant and continuous. She sacrifices and serves with a smile and perseveres in times of weakness and trouble. Never did I hear her wanting to quit or never did I see her stop. Her love for us is unwavering and never ending. This is also the same for her siblings back in the Philippines. She taught me that my siblings and I should always be there for each other no matter what. Her dedication to us, without a doubt, is a sign of love. My mom is an amazing role model in my life. She taught me the importance of sacrificial love, the importance of heart of service, and the importance of dedication to the people that God has entrusted me with. She is able to do all these things because of her faith, obedience, and love for God. Today and for the rest of my life, I will continue to seek her guidance 
I will practice loving with a sacrificial love, ministering with a heart of service, and giving to the people that I love with an enduring dedication. I believe that these are the characteristics that God wants for families to practice and how churches should be. In Exodus 20:12, it says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Thank you, Mom. I'm always encouraged by your life to always serve, to always trust God, and to always battle the storms in my life. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Thank you, E. You did not know, did you? I told you. I have ways you know not. <laughs> Look at this. Read this with me. We impress people from afar. But we influence them up close and personal. When people see you from afar, they only have a little idea of who you are. But when you're up close and personal, that is the time that you really get to know the person. Ephraim was separated from his mom for many years. Am I right? Because Jenny and Peter came here ahead. But that didn't stop Jenny from influencing the life of Ephraim. We impress people from afar, but we influence them up close and personal. The title of our message today, intro pa lang yun. The title for our message today is, can you read it? Yeah. Have you seen that song? Uh, the, you heard that song? You watched that movie? This message is different. This is not the Mamma Mia. No, 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 no. Mamma Mia. Read it again. Mamma Mia. Missing in action. We impress people from afar. We influence them up close and personal. How can we influence them if we are missing in action. What do I mean? Pew Research. Stay-at-home and working mothers compa comparing 1970 and 2012. Working mothers, 53%. Stay-at-home mothers, 40%. Married with working husband. And you have an in-between of 7%. 1970. How many percent of moms stay at home with their working husbands? How many? 40%. Good number. Yes? Look at what happened in 2012. The number of working mothers increased from 53% to 71%. A 28% increase. And where do you think that came from? From mothers who used to be stay-at-home mothers who had to leave their children to go to work. From 40%, it dropped to 
And what do the children have to say about this? This next slide is what the children think is best for them. What's best for children? The percentage of saying that children are what? 60% say that they would be better off with a parent at home. If you're in the Philippines, perhaps you still have a maid. You don't need to be working if you're a mom because the amount of income that your husband, the head of the family, is bringing in would be sufficient. But here in America, because this is the land of greener pasture, right? this is where you go to fulfill your dreams. You have to pay for your house mortgage. You have to pay for your car insurance. You have to pay for your installment. You have to pay for school. You have to pay for this. And you have an abundance of credit cards. So it drives people out of the household where they need to be nurturing and mentoring their children. They go out and get employment to augment, if I may say, even the wants. Where God has already promised that my God shall supply all of your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We are driven to go out of the home because we have been infected with materialism. Look at what Jesus says. The one whom the seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. This is the picture of the third soil. He hears the word of God. He receives it with gladness. He's beginning to grow. But then what happens? The worries of the world the deceitfulness of he who desires to get rich falls into a trap and he undergoes many heartaches I have seen it and I know that you know people who were very happy at one time when they had just enough and then when they had excess the marriage crumbled, the relationship with the children goes kaput. There's nothing wrong with money, friends. But we better discern what is more important. Where did this idea come from? I submit to you this idea comes as early as the book of Genesis. Look at what Genesis chapter 2, 15 and 16 says. This is God. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. 16. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. 
To whom did God give the instruction to provide? The man. So who should be the one working and providing for the family? The man. That was the original plan of God. And what was the woman supposed to do? To take care, to nurture, to raise their children. You already know where I'm going with this, right? But what happened? The original plan of God was for the man to be the one who was working the ground to provide. But then, in Genesis chapter 3, when the woman saw that the, the tree was good for food, and that what is a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, what did she do? She took from it, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave it also to her husband with her, and he ate. So what happened? The woman was deceived. Deceived by the world. Look at the fruit. It's good for food. It's desirable for gaining wisdom. She was deceived. She was taken away from the God of creation to worship the creation. And as a consequence of their disobedience to God, God said to the woman, He said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. That word desire is not just want. I, I, I want my spouse. No, that word desire means that the woman will want to overrule the husband. Because sin had entered. The design of God is now messed up. Who is supposed to work? The husband. The man. But sin entered the world. Now pain and suffering come into the world because of the disobedience of men. And according to verse 20, Now the man called his wife's name Eve, which means what? Because she was the mother of all the living. This is the first time that Eve was called mother. Now, let me ask you, because the world pulls us away from what really needs to be done, well, it's not enough, let me take a job. Let me help you, husband. Because we need more money. Because we need this, we need that. Is it really a want? Is it really a need? We need God's wisdom to discern all of those things. You really need an iPhone X? You really need a Tesla? This is my personal experience from my dad. Dad, can we change the stereo? In song. Will the car run with or without a stereo? Yes, Dad. We'll not change the stereo. <laughs> Very simple. Right? My mom like this. Mom, I need money. Hi! Why would you need money again? I just gave you money. What happened? How much do you need? <laughs> Adi, you remember Mama Ann? Always like that, right? She will go off on a tangent. Ah, da, 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 how much? 
You see, the world, if we are not careful, the world will pull us away from what is, what is important. And then we want to join the workforce, like that statistic, from 40%, half of them, 20% join the workforce. Now, who is taking care of the children? DC? You know DC? Daycare? Television, the media is discipling your children. The daycare is discipling your children. The school is discipling your children. Why? You're off to work. Because of sin, God's plan is messed up. We were enticed by the world. That's why 1 John chapter 2 says, do not love the world. If you love the world, the love of God may not really be in you. So be careful. Ask yourselves, do I really need to work? Because there is a consequence. There is all, somebody always got to pay something. Because if you're not careful, you'll be like this. Mama Mia. Missing in action. I want to call my wife to come and share how she joined and got out of the workforce. Can you come, Lynette? Good morning. Um, my name is Lynette Nolan, married to Pastor Insong Nolan for 36 years and blessed with three wonderful children, Lawrence, who is now married to Marty, our second son, Timmy, and our one and only daughter, Sarah. I got married at 21 and had our firstborn in 1982. Since we couldn't afford to live on our own, we stayed with my in-laws. My husband would drop me off at my mother's place in Pasay while he went to work. After work, he would pick me up and we would go home to his parents' house in Quezon City. After my, my, after my maternity leave, I returned to work. Our routine was for us to drop off our son Lawrence with Ayaya at my mom's place, go to work, then pick them up and take the long drive back to Quezon City. I was an executive secretary to the president of one of the biggest telecommunications company, and that required me to stay until late in the evening. My boss would report for work in the afternoon and schedule meetings till evening. Since the meetings are mostly in the afternoon, my boss would expect me to stay till late in the evening. Many times, Insong would go home with Lawrence because I had to work late. He would just pick me up when I'm done. This went on for five long years. This put a lot of stress in our marriage and we would argue because of my work. This was a priority for me and I would reason out that I needed to work so I can help him with our finances and that we can plan to be on our own already. In 1987, Insong decided to leave for the States to take up further studies, supposedly, but one of the reasons he left is because of the strain in our marriage. 
It was during this time apart that I was invited to join CCF Bible Studies where I renewed my faith and recommitted my life to Jesus. After only four months of staying in the States, he decided to come home because Lawrence and I could not get a visitor's visa and he was offered a pioneering job by his former boss in a new company. By, the, by that time, I was offered also a job by another company. The offer was so tempting because the salary was higher than my previous work and I don't have to stay late. On May 1988, we were blessed with another boy, Timmy. Two months after giving birth and being back to work, Insong was trying to convince me to quit my job since we already have two kids. Of course, I refused since my salary was already higher than what he was getting from his job. I told him that I'm earning more this time and there's no need for me to stop working. The kids have yayas or nani to take care of them. He kept on nagging me about quitting and every time I would say no. By this time, both of us were already involved in CCF and growing in our relationship with Jesus. We joined the couple's retreat and learned the roles of husband and wife. In May 1989, exactly one year after giving birth to Timmy, I told Insong that I have decided to resign and quit my job so I can devote more time with him and our two boys. He was surprised by my sudden decision and asked me what changed my mind. I told him that I was convicted by the word of God in Titus uh, chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, and I quote, Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. At first, it was a struggle for me to obey because I cannot imagine myself staying at home and be a full-time wife and mom. I know that I have to be dependent on my husband in almost everything, especially in finances. Now I have to ask him for money to buy my personal needs and wants. I was also thinking that it must be boring to just stay at home. But God is faithful. After I decided to quit my job, Insong got an offer from his previous company with the position of assistant vice president complete with an increase in salary and a company car. I got to spend more time with my two boys and got so busy at home and driving them to school. I never imagined the joy of seeing our children growing and taking care of them and be able to attend to their needs. I got to attend all their school activities and I was able to help them with their school assignments. Another blessing was when the Lord answered our prayer for us to be able to be on our own already. My father-in-law gave us a brand new townhouse and to top it all, God even blessed us with another beautiful baby girl, Sarah. Truly you cannot outgive God. I honored God and my husband and was rewarded for my obedience. I never regretted my decision to be a homemaker. It is indeed a blessing to be a full-time wife and mother, and my only hope and prayer for our children is that they finish 
their spiritual journey well, and that I may see them joyfully and faithfully loving and serving God all the days of their lives. If God allows, I would want to see them pass on a godly legacy to their children and their children's children. Joshua 24 verse 15 says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All honor and praise to my God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Natanggal, sobrang excited. Only God can change a person's heart. Money always got in the way. Oh, where did you buy that? Is that new? Yes, I bought it with my own money. And then, did you hear? Because she's earning more than me. Oh, she feels that she is what? Entitled. She's entitled to just do whatever she wants because she's earning more than me. And then, she, this is her money. You see? So I would tell her, because my personal fear is as the kids were growing up, when they stumble and hurt themselves, yeah, yeah! Or when they're adolescent and they're growing up and they have problems. Adolescent problems. Instead of talking to us, they would talk to their barkada. Wag naman yaya, malaki na Diba? So parents, are you, would you rather that your children go to you than their friends? So in my mind, I said, Lynette, you have to stay at home. But how will we survive? We will survive. Up to this day, even if we sit down and do the math, my solo income alone would not be enough to provide for us. But we are still alive. Because the antidote for materialism is contentment. We will be happy with what we have because the Lord has promised that we will never be in want. None of His children will be caught begging for bread. But we are not happy with bread. We want croissant. <laughs> with ham and lettuce and cheese and tomato. If it were my sandwich, I add bacon. <laughs> In the Philippines, we are happy with pandesal. Pugon. You know? Pande Manila, pugon. And then you just put a little star margarine. Okay na. Right? Okay na. Now? Breakfast? Bakit King's Hawaiian lang to? Oh, diba? Why? Because we are no longer content. We are being pulled away by the world. Now, just because the Bible says 
that originally the plan of God is the husband work and the wife stay at home, does it mean that the wife not work? When I ask Lynette, can you just please quit? No. My identity. Okay. And then, she was offered that other job. I, I said, this is my opportunity to discourage her. Ask for this amount. For me, it was the moon. Ask for this amount. If they say yes, take the job. Guess what? They said yes. <laughs> it was more than double her original salary. Ramon Ang, the president of San Miguel Corporation now, used to go to my wife just to ask for an appointment from her boss. Oh. Imagine her salary and then double, and the other company said, yes, I have to stand by my word. And then after Timmy came, she went back to work. All of a sudden, she told me, in song, I want to resign. Why? What happened? <laughs> I wanted you to quit before you said no. Now you want to quit. What happened? The word of God spoke to me. The verse that she quoted, she said, the wife will work from home. The Bible is not against women working. But as much as possible, work from the home. Because you can still work and nurture your family members. Especially in their formative years. Who will take care of your children? How can the mother teach when the mother is MIA? Mamma mia. Missing in action. Never ever think that just because you are a homemaker, that you are less of a person because it is only your husband who is working. By her example, she thought she would not do anything. But she doesn't even have time. She would go to the gym, bring the kids, go to the gym. After the gym, pick them up, bring them to this, bring them to that. Sometimes she's busier than I am. But only God can change the heart of a person. Husbands and fathers, if I were you, reassess whether your wives really still need to work. Because it just might be materialism has crept in and you are no longer content. Look at the impact of a mother. I told you intro pa lang yun. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Verses 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. 
as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Do you see the impact of godly mothers in the passage I just read? When Paul wrote this epistle to Timothy, he was already in jail and he was just looking forward to be beheaded. He was already incarcerated in Rome. That's why towards the back of 1 Timothy, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the faith. I have finished the race. I have won the course. Why? Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord God himself will present to me, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. And what was he going to? He was going to look for being beheaded. If there is one man who does not have the sickness of entitelitis, it is Paul. God, you called me and I have been faithful to what you called me to and now I'm going to lose my head. 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. And who is he addressing this epistle to? Timothy. My beloved son, his spiritual son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Lord Christ Jesus our Lord. Of all the people that you would leave your last will and testament to, why Timothy? Why not Barnabas? Why not John Mark? Why Timothy? It speaks volumes of how Timothy's faith is. And Paul wanted to encourage Timothy. Timothy, I'm going to die. I'm going to God. You're going to take care of the church. Now, why was Timothy such a faithful worker for the Lord? Why? Because of Timothy's grandmother, Lois and Timothy's mother, Eunice. So how can us mothers and parents make sure that we have generation upon generation upon generation of God-fearing, Bible-believing disciples and disciple-makers? Let me share with you. Verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. We must pray. We must pray for our children. Do you pray for your children? Are you already praying for the future husbands and wives of your children? Or, still too young. They don't even think about that yet. Look at their Facebook. Look at their Instagram. 
What are they viewing? What are they searching? And when will you begin praying for them? I praise God that between my wife and I, she is our prayer warrior. I know that she prays for our children daily. I am just still trying to develop the habit because she is our prayer warrior. See, if you are a stay-at-home mom, you can do that. And you cannot quantify by dollars and cents how the impact of that prayer life, praying for your children, you cannot quantify how you will reap in the end. Paul prayed unceasingly for Timothy. His what? His son in the faith. I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. Remember, Paul is writing this from jail in the dungeon. He's about to be beheaded. And he's thinking about Timothy, his son in the faith. And he keeps on praying for Timothy. Second, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt with your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that is in you as well. Do not despise that, what? That teaching of your mother. The it began with the grandmother, Lois. Lois was ever able to disciple her daughter, Eunice. And you, both of them were able to impart the gospel to Timothy. And Paul is confident that the same sincere faith that was with Lois, that was passed on to Eunice, is now with Timothy. Do not forever one second think that just because you are Christians and you are faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, that your children are. Your children, my children might be living on what is called borrowed faith. Their faith is lived out based on the faith of their parents. The worst thing. You should what? Ensure. You should, you and I as parents should ensure that our children really know the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way and are faithfully walking in obedience to all that God wants for them to do. If we are to be good parents, good mothers, good role models, we must ensure. Are you willing to gamble? To take the risk? Okay, yan. They're already grown up. They already know. And then when everybody's in heaven, you will see one or two or maybe all of your children not there. Because you assume. Rather than ensure, you assume that they're Christian because I'm Christian. You know, one of my roles in CCF Maine before was to edit testimonies. They will submit testimonies. I edit them and compress them for time. Right? So there was this one. Some of them stick out. Eh? 
Some of them gave me 22 pages, single space. I cut it down to two and a half. But there's example. Good morning. My name is Lorenzo Nolan. I have been a Christian since birth. Oh, kita nyo, natawa kayo. How can you be a Christian since birth? As an infant, you don't know anything. You have not yet even reached the age of accountability. And nobody really knows what age that is. And you say that you are a Christian since birth? Get what I'm trying to say? Even if you bring your, church, even if you bring your kids to church, even if you drive them to discipleship group meetings, even they're involved with MWF or Elevate. Not for one moment, please. Unless you're really assured that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Pray for them and ensure that they have a faith of their own. Look at what the Bible is saying. Paul says, I'm mindful of the sincere faith that is within you that was first with Lois, then was with Eunice, and is now definitely in you. That's why I am entrusting this to you. Not to Titus, whom Paul brought with him to be in front of the leaders. Not with John Mark, not with Barnabas, but to Timothy. So pray. Ensure. And then what are you supposed to do? For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So what are you supposed to do? You're praying for them. You're ensuring that they really have their own personal faith in Jesus Christ. And what? You're reminding them. Even if they say that, you know, no, I really have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Remind them. Son, daughter, you know, what you're doing does not reflect your profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Remind them, are you sure? Are you really sure? Because your actions belie your profession of faith. See, I remind you to what? Kindle afresh. Mothers, you're the nurturing ones. Help your sons and your daughters kindle afresh. Anak, how are you? I'm waning. Can I pray for you? Can we pray? Can I help you? Kindle afresh. What? Kindle afresh the gift of God. And what is the gift of God? The grace of God. Salvation. Because salvation cannot be earned. You cannot work for your salvation. Oh, I will be good. I will obey. Therefore, I will be a Christian. No. You come to faith in Christ. Then you begin to obey. Then you begin to be a follower. So as parents, as mothers, pray for them. Ensure that they have their own personal faith and not a borrowed faith. And remind them from time to time. Now children, when you are reminded, do not despise the teaching of your mother because that will bring shame upon you and to your family. Is it possible that your parents, your mother in particular, is being used of God to remind you of something? And then all that you can do is just push back. You don't need to remind me. What did Paul do? Remind. I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God. Lastly, 
For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. You pray for them. You make sure, you ensure that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You remind them that they are just recipients of the grace of God. And then, when they waver in their walk, what should you do? You admonish them to strongly remind them. If the gentle reminder does not work, you increase the pressure a bit. You admonish them. You can do this because God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but He has given you a spirit of power, love, and discipline. You encourage them strongly or remind. Anak, still kind of, you can do that. Because God is with you and God is in you. And Paul has written for us in Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but He has given all of you, the faithful in Christ Jesus, the spirit of power, love, and discipline. Can you do it? Yes. If you will let go, and let God. So very simple. For us to be able to pass on a godly legacy, first, we have to pray for them. And then ensure that they have a personal faith. And then we remind them of the gift of God. And we admonish them. So what will happen? Pera! No matter how you look at it, Panaluka. Then what will happen? Your missing in action will be Mama Pera. Ganon din, di ba? Eventually, that's what they're going to ask. Ma Pera. Parents, especially mothers. Pray for your children. Pray for their future, their future spouses. What is next? Ensure. Ensure that they have a personal faith of their own. Remind them from time to time. When you see that they're kind of, you know, off the path, remind them. And then, if they're still on that kind of an even path, admonish them. You can do that because the Spirit of God lives in you. What's the message this morning? Oh, pera na lang, pera, pera. Pray, ensure, remind, admonish. God Almighty, thank you for the reminder that you've given us not only just especially because today is Mother's Day that we share this with the mothers, but for everyone here, that all of us should individually pray for our future, our future spouses, that we should always ensure that we ourselves have a genuine faith, and that you through the Holy Spirit and to the people around us, especially our family members, would remind us of the free gift of eternal life that Jesus Christ has purchased for us. And that we should admonish one another 
encourage one another on towards love and good deeds. Because you did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power of love and discipline. God, we need you. And Father, I pray if there is anyone here this morning who needs to ensure his or her relationship with you, will you speak to that person, Lord God? Will you humble that person? And will you move in that person's life even now to just come before you and just say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I acknowledge that you died on the cross to pay for all of my sin. I humbly open the door of my heart and I invite you to be my Savior and Lord. Give me the desire to follow you, to live a godly life from now on. And if there are people here, Lord, who are wavering in their walk, will you remind them, myself included, Lord, that we should pray, that we should ensure our relationship with you, that we should remind one another that we are just recipients of grace. And if need be, Lord God, to admonish one another so that we can live more and more like your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray all of these things. And everyone said, Amen. Before we dismiss to lunch, I'd like, uh, like to remind you, if you're here for the first time, you're not obligated to give. We do not pass the offering plate. We do have a tithe box at the back. And I've been asked that the Elevate uh, stay behind for a few minutes for a short meeting. The rest of us are dismissed to lunch. And because it is Mother's Day, the church is paying for our lunch this morning. Oh, picture down ng mothers according to Pastor uh, Reggie. Can we ask all the mothers to come up here in front? And we will take a uh, photo of all the mothers. Natural mothers, spiritual mothers, all mothers are. Let's pray for the food so that when you go down, we can already partake of the blessing. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day of worship. We thank you, Lord, for the provision of our lunch this morning. We just want to thank you for providing for all of us. And may you bless the food for our body's use. Bless even our conversation, Lord God, as we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.